praise. We bless your name. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this atmosphere. Come and speak to our hearts. Come and teach us from your word, oh God. Let the entrance of your word bring clarity and wisdom to the simple. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Strongholds that block progress in ministry. Amen. Strongholds that block our progress in ministry. Amen. You know, we have decided that moving forward, we have decided that moving forward, our weekday service is going to be for serious ministry-minded Christians. Amen. And um, when I say ministry-minded Christians, all of you are thinking about, uh, well, I don't want to be a pastor, so maybe this is not my service. But I, I like the prayer topic that um, uh, Joel was leading us to pray. And he said that we have not been called to be volunteers. We have been called by God. We did not choose him, but he chose us that we should come and serve him. Hallelujah. We are slaves to him. Amen. And a slave has a job. Isn't that right? Every slave has a job. Bible says in uh, Matthew 11, 28 downwards, it says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Then he goes on to say, take upon you my yoke, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is what? Light. So what you're saying is that he's going to give you his yoke. So we have been called to service. Amen. We have been called to serve as ministers in the house. A minister, the word minister just means servant. We have been called to serve. Amen. Amen. And so we started looking at the mental blocks or the invisible cords that would hold us back from progressing in the things of God. Amen. In our call, um, text, which is 2 Corinthians 10, it says, uh, though we walk, verse, verse five, 3, on, uh, down was there, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what? They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds we demolish every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we bring every thought into captivity to make it obedient to Christ. Amen. We need to bring every thought into captivity to make it obedient to Christ. You know, the things that you think about is what makes you. Amen. What you think about is what makes you. So in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he said that do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. As your mind changes, you change. Amen. So I want to challenge you with a few uh, scriptures and a few points that we need to change our minds where ministry is concerned. Amen. And uh, we started looking at a few of them last week. What, do you remember what we looked at? The first one was what? Fear. Fear can be a stumbling block. How many know that anytime God calls you to do anything scary? It is scary because God will make you do things that you don't think you can do. Anything time God calls you to do something that you are expect at, then maybe it's not God. Because God will never call you to do something that you are an expert at. He will call you to do something that is beyond you. Amen. When he called Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, I can't speak. I'm afraid. But he said, I'll put my word in your mouth. Amen. So fear is one of the first things that will confront you if you want to work for God. Number two was what? Sorry? The flesh. The flesh. Remember uh, Samson? He was an anointed man of God. But he had a problem. The problem he had was with the lust of the flesh. 
and it dogged him and constantly kept him bound until his dying day. Amen. You see a lot of people in the Bible that their flesh did not allow them to really do as much as they could have done. Amen. The next one was what? Pride. Pride is something that God can't work with. Amen. The, the truth of the matter is that once you start working for God, God will promote you. Amen. It's like a vicious cycle. When you're working for God and you're humble, God will lift you up. But when you are lifted up, try and make sure that you don't allow the pride of being lifted up to drag you down. Am I making sense? So that in the things of God, don't be too sure of yourself. Don't be too... How many know what I'm talking about? God has given you a, a little anointing that now when you sing, a lot of people feel something. Don't let that uh, anointing be the reason why you don't do what you're supposed to do and let, allow pride to bring you down. Am I making sense? Next one is selfish ambition. It's the same, similar to pride, isn't it? Where when you begin to rise, you begin to feel that you can do a lot of things. So you, you stop even allowing the Holy Spirit to lead. Remember Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me. When God was making you lie in green pastures, everything was working for you. Then he said, yea, though I. So, green pastures brings a lot of pride. Now, things are working. Now, you are being prosperous. Everything is green around you. Everything is working. Then, I will rise up. Yet, though I walk through the valley, as soon as I took over, the next scene was valley of shadow of death. Dry bones. Now, that scripture was written in a place. The place called the Valley of the Shadow of Dry Bones is a place of death. It's like a place where it's a, a mountain and a valley. The valley was the place where wild animals go and die. People die. There are snakes, there are serpents, there are scorpions, there are wild. So it's like a lot of dry bones are dead. People that died in the valley. People, and he said, when I took over the leadership, where I found myself was not a good place. Amen. Amen. So selfish ambition in ministry will make you do things that are not right. Hallelujah. The reason why a lot of people break out and start their churches because maybe you're working under a, ch a church and you, you seem to be rising and doing well. Then people start to give you a lot of praise and, and you begin to feel that you can. Then, yeah, I. Then you see yourself walking into a place. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? Number. That's where we finished. All right. Let me, let's go on. Let's go. So how many are ready to go on the journey? Yeah. All right. So the next stronghold is the opposite of this, which is the stronghold of inferiority complex. Numbers chapter 13, verse 27 to 33. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. And it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of, to the, of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell in the sea, by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once to take possession for we are able to over, we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land 
which they had spied out, saying, The land which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. And they saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. And we saw the, the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we were in their sight. Amen. How you see yourself in ministry is very important. Let me say one thing. In ministry, there will always be somebody who is better than you. At whatever you are doing. So let's say you have been called to minister as a singer. There will be other ministers as singers who are far better than you. And they can intimidate you. You have been called to be a teacher. There are other teachers who are more gifted and more able than you. And those people can intimidate you. You know, this is a story where Moses has sent the, the Israelites. In fact, I, I, find it, I find the story very curious. God came to Egypt and said to Moses, lead my people from Egypt to the land that I have promised you. And from that day, God had led them across the Red Sea. The Egyptians who had the strongest army or the strongest force in the land at the time had been killed. They have gone through the Jordan. They have gone through all these type of places uh, where they didn't have water. God created, made water happen. They didn't have food. What God made food happen. They were bitten by snakes. God brought healing. A lot of things had happened and they had gone through them and come out. There was nothing that they went through at the time that they did not come out successfully. And they get to the, the, the entrance of the promised land and you send spies to go and spy the land. Spy again for what? But ministry is always going to cause you to want to look at what somebody else is doing. Ministry is such that you always want to, you are curious to see who is doing what. <laughs> How many understand what I'm saying? And, and, and as you go spying out, you will see the giants. You will see the sons of Anak there. Not unless you are not doing real ministry. But real ministry is like swimming in the ocean. In the ocean, you will see sharks. You will see whales. You will see some big, big fishes. If you are swimming in a little pond, you are okay because you won't see a shark. <laughs> How many understand what I'm saying? But I'm trying to train us so that we will swim with the big boys. And if you are going to swim, <laughs> if you want to bamba with the big boys, you will see the stars of Anak in the place. How many understand what I'm saying? You will, see, you will definitely see people who are better than you. People who will intimidate you. People who will make you feel smaller than you really are. Am uh, I making sense? It doesn't matter how, how rich you are. There will be richer people that ministry that you have to lead. It doesn't matter how pretty you are. There will be prettier people. It doesn't matter how old you are. There will be older people that you have to lead. It doesn't matter how strong you are. There will be stronger people that you have to lead. You know, so you should get to a place where you don't allow inferiority complex to hold you. How many know that some of us, not all of us, but some of us, we are born in places of intimidation. So our mindset always reminds us from where we came from. I don't know whether I'm speaking to the way you are quiet. I'm wondering whether. Yeah, it's like, as for me, I know I come from a humble background. I poor. <laughs> so. So, so 
I'm minding myself and you know it's a stronghold because it will make you not do certain things that you are supposed to do. It will make you not take certain steps that you are supposed to take. It will not make you obey God fully. Hallelujah. So in 2 Timothy 4.12 Paul tells Timothy that don't allow anyone to despise you because of your youth. Because Timothy was a young preacher. Timothy was a young man in the ministry. Doing well. Put the, put the scripture up for me. Second Timothy. No, first Timothy then. First Timothy 4.12, I believe. Let no man despise you, but be an example to the believers. Despise you, despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word and in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. This is a young man. He's saying that I know you're a young man, but in ministry, it is not according to age. Am I making sense? You see, when you start doing ministry, people will come and intimidate you. I remember once a man came to my church and he says, how old are you? And then I mentioned my age. And he said, I don't go to churches that I'm, that I'm older than the pastor. I am more experienced than you. So you cannot teach me anything. Then I said to him, well, Incidentally, I am older than when Jesus left the earth. Because at the time, I think I was about 34. So I said to him, incidentally, I'm older than when Jesus left the earth. So if you are saying that, you shouldn't listen to Jesus. Because you are older than Jesus. Because as I'm talking to you, I am older than when Jesus left the earth. And if you can't listen to me because you are older than me, then don't listen to Jesus because you are older than Jesus. God looked at me. <laughs> he looked at me. Yeah. You see, people will intimidate you. You start to preach. You start to teach. Somebody will come and tell you that you don't know what you are talking about. Go on, read. let's go on to the next verse. Let, no, no, the next verse 13. Now the spirit especially says that, uh, verse 13. Hey, brother. Till I come, give attention to reading and to exhortation, to doctrine. Read on, next verse. Do not neglect the gift that is in you which was given to you by the prophecy with the laying on of hands of the elders, eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to your doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourselves and those who hear you. What he was saying is that keep improving yourself. Keep improving yourself. Don't allow anybody to despise you because you are young. Meditate on the word. Keep reading. Keep researching. Keep growing. Don't allow, uh, don't neglect the spirit that is on you. You know, sometimes one, the things we do is that we, are, we, we become intimidated and we don't use the gift of God. God has given you a gift of prophecy. You never prophesy. God has given you a gift of healing. You never pray for the sick. Because you feel that, what if I pray and nobody gets healed? What if I, I, I prophesy and it doesn't land? What if I do this? And what He says that, don't worry about it. Just exercise. Read, meditate. Don't neglect the spirit of God that is upon you. Use it. Because the more you use it in the, in the kingdom of God, in the ministry, the more you do, the better you get. Am I making sense? So you may sing a song one day, it won't work. Sing again. You may read, you may preach, it will not work at all. Preach again. The more you preach, the better you become at it. 
I'm not making sense. The more you do, you see, sometimes we, we, we have this, this type of, if you try and that's what you don't want to do it again. How many are like that? Especially young people. They, they want everything perfect. And they, they, they don't understand that practice makes perfect. Nobody starts perfect. I'm <laughs> making sense. Yeah. Nobody starts perfect. You keep doing it. The more you keep doing it, the better you get at it. You preach the first one, it won't work. You preach the second one. You now, in the middle of the preaching, you can see that this, I'm bombing this preaching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, has, who has done that? Your preacher is like, this one, I'm failing. <laughs> Even me, I don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what is going on. <laughs> Sometimes they give you, are, you have prepared a long message notes that you are going to preach. You have believed yourself. You start preaching 10 minutes and the notes is finished. You are at the last point. And you look at the time, it's 45 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes, into your, your, your point is finished. <laughs> you don't know whether to end the sermon or start <laughs> rewinding. The, so you rewind the sermon again and start from the top. And then you re- go through the whole notes. You see, five minutes more has been added. You have only done 15 minutes. <laughs> the more you summarize, the, the quicker it becomes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Then you, you feel hot. You feel hot. The, the reason why when, when young ministers go to start church, I don't follow their preaching. I don't go there. I don't because I know how it feels like. So my coming to sit by you will intimidate you the more. So I allow you to grow. Grow, grow up in your mistakes. It's fine. Just keep doing it. Just keep, keep at it. Perfect yourself. Read more. Meditate more. Exercise more. The more you do it, the better you get. But in doing it, don't allow anybody to intimidate you. You know, eyes can intimidate. Faces can intimidate. You are preaching a little bit. (laughs) You don't know whether what you are saying is working or not. Don't allow that to bother you. Amen. Just keep working on yourself. Try and be better than you were last week. Better than yesterday. Preach better than you preached last week. Sing better than you sang last week. Pray better than you prayed last week. I'm not making sense. You, you are in your, on your own lane. You know, so work and perfect your craft on your own. I'm not making sense. Don't allow anybody to say, oh, you are doing well. No, don't allow that. Just as you don't want anybody to tell you that you are, you are today you bombed. <laughs> don't let somebody also come and say you are doing well and let it get to your head. No, no, no. Because whatever you do, you can do better. Whoever you are, you can be better. So he's saying that meditate. Give yourself wholly onto the things that you are doing so that your profiting may appear to everybody. The more you do it, the better you become. Amen. Because the ministry is like that we, the, it, it, the Bible says that the creation is waiting for the manifestation of the children or the sons of God. The world is waiting for you to rise up as a great prophetess. The world is waiting for you to rise as a great teacher. Amen. Everybody is waiting for you to rise up. So perfect your craft. Am I making sense? Meditate on, on, your, on the word. Meditate. Give yourself wholly to it. Don't be in and out. Don't be, I'm doing it, but I'm not. I'm, no, 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 no. Give yourself wholly. Amen. Give yourself wholly. Learn how to preach to cows. Learn how to preach to trees. How many have preached to trees before? Oh, nobody. Only me. Hey. You preach to your toys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
If you are going to be a great preacher, you must preach to every creature. The Bible says that go into the world and preach to what? All creatures. It didn't say preach to people. Or you didn't read that in your Bible. Am I the only one who read it? You skip that part. Mark 16, 15. They preach to every creature. So you learn how to preach to, 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 to what do you call it? Doors to chairs. Me, I'm an expert at preaching to chairs. So I preach to chairs like I'm preaching to thousand people. But if you don't learn how to preach to empty chairs, you can't preach. <laughs> learn to sing to empty chairs. Learn to sing in front of the mirror. Learn to preach in front of the mirror. Amen. Because if you don't do that, you will not be a good preacher. Amen. Uh, as for me, I'm not going to be preaching. Who told you? You'll be preaching. Because some, it's not just preaching that you're preaching to a crowd. Sometimes you preach to one person. But it's the same one you're preaching. Lord, sometimes you're preaching to kids. But don't see them as children. Because they are the ones who become great. They are the, the next Billy Grahams that you are raising. So preach to them like you are preaching to 40-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like the Sunday school that they tell stories of. Uh, Joseph's coat of many colors. Uh, <laughs> Father Abraham has many sons. Many sons as Father Abraham. I am one of them, so are you, so let us pray. I don't like those type of things. I honestly, I don't like, honestly, if I come to your Sunday school and that's what you're preaching, I'll fire you immediately. Oh, oh, I'm telling you, I haven't come there, but I'm telling you, if I come there and I come to meet, I'll fire you one time. So I'm giving you a warning ahead of time. Because do you know what the television is teaching your children? The children are so advanced. They know pornography and things. And you're talking about Father Abraham. Hey! <laughs> you are too late. You, you don't know what is going on. <laughs> you're talking about Joseph had many coat of, coat of many colors. No, you can't do that. That's the old generation. That's my generation. That's what we used to teach us. No, you can't teach those type of things. Uh, you get what I'm saying? This is the time to go to warfare with their children. You have to preach the word, the undiluted word. Preach it as it's supposed to be. Rebuke, exalt. Isn't that what it says? Yeah. Reproof, exalt. Use all that. Sunday school. <laughs> Some one child had pornography on their on their phone, and meanwhile the the. Teacher was teaching Father Abraham. You see how, how, how funny the whole thing looks like. Erickson Walkman. This was in the church. How old were you then? Seven. Lord, have you heard? So as you are teaching Father Abraham, has many sons, many sons as Father Abraham. The children had run so. You're wasting your time. They're laughing at you and you don't know. <laughs> so, what is she talking about? <laughs> Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? So work at it. Work at it. Always don't let anyone despise you because you are young. Lord, don't let anyone say you don't know how to preach. You are preaching. Make sure the children get born again. Share your experience. Share, share your things. Don't think that they are too, too young. 
Share your experience with them. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Don't, don't say that. Meditate on it. Give yourself wholly. Do you understand what it means? What does it mean to give yourself wholly? It means that let it eat you up. Don't be a singer who sings only on Saturday, getting ready for Sunday. Because if music ministry is your ministry, then let people get born again through your ministry. Let people receive their deliverance through your ministry, which means that work at it. Hallelujah. Give yourself to it. Learn about the power behind ministering in song. Learn how to prophetically minister. To break yokes. Not just music, melody and lyrics. Me, I always say that melody and lyrics is like speaking English. Do you understand? Being able to sing melodiously and knowing the words of the, music, of the song is like English. Just yes, the fact that you are speaking English doesn't mean you are ministering. An atheist can sing the same song. That will sound better than you. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's the power behind the song that you are singing that makes a difference between a minister and a singer. And that comes through giving yourself wholly to it. Put that scripture back on. Give yourself wholly to these things so that your profiting may appear. You know, when a singer is singing, we will clap. But when a minister is ministering the same song, it will touch hearts. Hallelujah. So it is evident when a minister ministers very well, it's evident. Are you with me? When a singer sings, it is also evident. So, don't just come and sing because we can, we can tell that you are, you, you are air. We will not tell you, but we can tell. Do you understand? And if you have depth, we can also tell. Am I making sense? Alright, let's move on. Next one. So, we are talking about strongholds in ministry. Next one. I like this one. The stronghold of stinginess. Stronghold of stinginess. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 11. But, I, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap, reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, or of necessity, but for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. <clears throat> Amen. As it is written, he has despised, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liber liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Amen. How many know that being a minister and giving goes hand in hand? Amen. And how many also know that we are products of our upbringing? For most of us, we're talking about it on Sunday, most of us were born poor. We're born in the poor countries. We, bo we were born in humility. We have, your, 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 the country's budget 
has donor partners. <laughs> donor partners and they are giving. It's incorporated into the budget. You know, all those things we bring to ministry. Am I making sense? We bring it to ministry and it's like a stronghold that holds us. We become stingy. And you see, he says that, let's review the scripture we just read. Go back to the scripture. From, he who sows sparingly will also report sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also report bountifully. That is a principle. That is not if God wills, if God enables, if the, by the grace of God. No, a principle is not by the grace of God. A principle is a, a law that it doesn't matter who you are. If you obey it, it works for you. Am I making sense? So unbelievers, if they use this principle, it works for them. Believers, if they use this principle, it works for them. It means that if you are a prayer, tongue-talking, powerful minister, and you contravene this principle, it will not work for you. Could it be the reason why most ministers are not prospering? Hallelujah. Because you see, I, 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 on, sun, on Sunday, I showed you that the horse is tied to a piece of wood. So the wealth of the horse is reduced to that little stable. So I can only walk four steps this way, four steps that way. Even though the horse is very powerful. Are you with me? Because the, the rope that is tying the neck is a consequence of whatever principle this horse has broken. Are you with me? A wild horse is free. A horse in a stable is bound. And it's bound because it contravened a principle. You don't sow bountifully. But you want God to bless you bountifully. Where is that possible? Meanwhile, you are saying you are, you are preaching and you are praying in tongues and prophesying and doing all sorts of things. And yet, that one principle that you have broken becomes a stronghold that holds you in one place and doesn't allow you to move. One pastor called me and said, can you teach me the secrets behind you guys being able to pay off your building? There's nothing like tricks, so. There's nothing like secrets. It's principle. I, I, I said to him that if I'm to tell you the truth, I don't know whether you can handle it, but if I'm to tell you the truth and the secrets behind our being able to pay off the building, I will tell you the truth as I, the pastor of the building, I gave more than anybody in the church. Can you handle it? I said, I gave more than anybody miles away. More than anybody. You want tricks? That is a trick. Are you understand what I'm saying? There is nothing like, you see, God operates by principles. God is not, uh, does not favor people. Are you with me? God favors principle. If you obey the principle, he will bless you. Are, are you with me? I made up my mind long time ago that there won't be any time an offering is taken now will not be the highest to give. No, it won't happen. I will be the highest to give. 
because it's a principle that I have learned, a principle that I believe in, that it is so bountiful, you reap bountifully. It doesn't matter who you are. The unbelievers practice this. People will never go to church. People who operate crack houses and sell drugs, they, 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 they know how to give freebies. They give free crack, free wheat. They are very generous. How many know what I'm talking about? And so their business works. I can tell you that majority, more than 90% of pastors don't give. Oh, yeah, yeah. You said when you go to pastor's conference and say, let's take the offering. That is when you see that pastors don't give at all. And that is, I mean, maybe I'm t- telling you a secret, but that's the truth. Go, pastors don't give up. You know, last Sunday after church, a pastor came to see us in the office. And when he came, he brought an envelope with a seed. And he said, I have come to sow a seed into your building that you have paid. You say God bless you. And we were genuinely shocked. Myself and Pastor Glad, we were genuinely shocked because all the pastors, all the, the guys where you saw, they didn't even give one pew. I, I'm talking to mature people. Oh, have I spoiled the message? I'll spoil the message. Pastor Glad, please come and sit here. Come and sit in front. So that, because you're always my check mark <laughs> to see whether I've gone to the bush or not. <laughs> So it means I, I'm, I'm on track. Yeah. yeah, pastors don't give. He says secret. It's not secret. That's why you don't have a building. He has. And his building is paid for because he understands the principle. So when he heard that we have paid for our building, he brought a seed. Amongst all the guys who are sitting here, he's the only one who has a building that is paid for. And he was the only person who brought the seed. And he said he brought the seed on, on Monday. He didn't find me. He, he came to pass. On Thursday, he came to pass again. He didn't find me. Somebody says it's a sign that God says he shouldn't give. <laughs> he came twice. He didn't find us. Then he came Sunday after church. Then he brought the envelope. So, into our building because they're principle. Hallelujah. No, he didn't hold the mic. He didn't say anything. He just came after church. He came after church. Those who held the mic, they didn't give anything. <laughs> oh, I see what he said. <laughs> in ministry is a, is a stronghold that will keep you at one place. Yeah. I remember one pastor said he was, he was doing uh, uh, f- f- uh, building fund. At the time, we had any, we had just moved into this building. We didn't have anything. I said, Pastor Clara, let's give money to the guy. Pastor Glass said, no, 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 this guy, we have just started, we ourselves, because at the time, the truth of the matter, we didn't even have anything. I said, take money, let's go and sow it in the guy. And then the guy, <laughs> you know, some people are some way. <laughs> yeah, because the guy said, he, he didn't ask for, oh, just so. He says, I need $1,000. He gave us the amount he needed. 
And the truth of the matter is that at the time we didn't even have 3,000 pounds in our account. But I said to her, let's give it. So, no, let's give it. Maybe let's send $200. He says 1,000. Let's send 1,000. Could it be that is what has released the blessing for us to own our own building? I don't know. But what I know is that principles are principles. Are you with me? I'm trying to teach you because all of you are ministers as far as I'm concerned. And I'm telling you that when it comes to giving, especially in the house of God, don't be stingy. Luke 21. Verse 1. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he also, he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So he said, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of the abundance have put in offerings for God. But she, out of her poverty, put in all her livelihood that she had. Hallelujah. He says that the woman has put in all her livelihood. The rest were convenient givers. We have a lot of convenient givers in the house of God. People who don't have all. You know, can I give you six barriers? Six barriers why people don't give. Why it is a stronghold. Number one, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. How many don't, truly, you don't have enough? Give me a wave. Oh, because of what I said, you will lift up your hand. <laughs> yes, because the human life, human nature is such that you have more needs than your resources can meet. And it will be like that till the day you die. How many know that there is never going to be a day that you have enough than you need? No, no, no. There's always, you are always going to have more needs than you have resources to meet. So that mindset that I don't have enough is one of the reasons why you will not have. Because that's the reason why you break that, that principle. Uh, I don't know whether you are making, I'm making sense. That I don't have is a mindset. The woman did, truly didn't have, but she gave all. And Jesus commended her for it, that she's given all that she had. But for most, most ministers who break out and do well in ministry, if you listen to their testimony, one of their testimonies they give, Consistently is that they gave all they had at a point. How many have heard that before? They emptied their accounts for God's work. Not in their church, but some other place. Until you learn that principle of giving all in the house of God to God's work, you haven't started. Pastor Gloria has a testimony. One day she came to me and said, oh, God has put it in her heart to bless from two ministers, one in America, one in London. And I said to her, whatever God has put in your heart, do it. So I was there when she wrote the checks, one to America and one to Within how many days after you wrote the check? Less than a month. Less than a month, she was promoted about 10 times her wage salary scale. Within that month. And since then, the promotion has gone way beyond that. Who says this principle doesn't work? 
works. The problem we have is that I don't have enough. Number two, if I give, there won't be anything left. How many know that as soon as you want to give, that's when you remember that you have a lot of needs and wants? <laughs> How many understand that? You are reminded that if I give, I won't have enough to meet my needs. Number three. I hope you somebody being blessed. So number one is what? Number two. Number three, what if as soon as I give, there's an emergency? In Malachi, it says that prove me here with Malachi 3. 11 downs. Prove me, prove me here with if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour down a blessing and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Those emergencies are rebuked when you give. Amen. What if what number are we on? Number four. They don't need my help. My giving or not giving will not make a difference. So number one is what? I don't have enough. Number two. Number three. Number four. They don't, my giving will not make a difference. They don't need my help. How many did I say I was going to give you? So I've given you how many? Four. Okay, so I should give you a few more. They are wasting money. How many know that as soon as your money goes, your heart also follows it? Especially, I'm talking about substantial amount of money. When you give this type of 20 pounds, 30 pounds, you don't feel it. But when you give something that, you know, there are some, there are some money you give, it's like blood transfusion. <laughs> How many have given blood before? When you give blood, after a few minutes, you have to sit down because you feel dizzy. There's some, some, some giving that when you give, you feel dizzy. How many have given like that before? Then maybe you haven't. If you give a certain amount in the house of God, you feel that same. Then your back of your ego. <laughs> that is the type of giving I'm talking about. <laughs> your stomach will begin to bubble. What have I just done? Then your eyes begin to follow. See all these things, they are, they are misusing the money, misusing, because your heart has gone. <laughs> so you begin to see. <laughs> they become very critical. Hallelujah. 
I am praying that you become rounded ministers. Ministers who give, who are generous. One that told my wife, if anybody asks you for money, even if you don't have what you can afford, give it. Because it's not a a joke. How many know it's not a joke to go and ask somebody for money? It takes all the humility, it takes all the shame, and all, you know, it's like you have to put so many things down to go and ask. It's not, it's not an easy thing. So you don't look at the person with all the things they've gone through to come and ask you and say, I don't have. When you have. Even if you can't give the exact amount, the small you can afford, bless the person with it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Become a giver. Become a giver. Become. Listen, listen stinginess don't help. Countries that are developed understand this principle. Do you know America owes more money than any any country in Africa put together? The whole continent of Africa don't have, uh, owe as much as America owes. Meanwhile, every year, America donates to all the countries in Africa. Because it's a principle. And that's why they will always be wealthier. The countries, they call them G, is it G10? G what? The G7, G20. Yeah, do you know why they call them G20? Because they give. Yeah. If you want to join the G something, you have to give. But a lot of countries are not even thinking about it. <laughs> we are not G in anything. <laughs> I'll tell you, there are some countries they are not thinking about G anything. Hallelujah. My time is up. Listen, you can join the G something by being a giver. The more you give, the more you join that G something. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah, become a giver. Purpose in your heart that any time an offering is being raised, I'll give the highest. And God will, it's a covenant. Once you have that covenant with God, God will always make it happen that you always have enough. I remember the day I made a covenant with God that there will never be a Sunday that I will not be in church. That was over 28 years ago. From that day to today, I've never missed a Sunday in church. You know what it means? I've never been sick. That's what it means. Because I vowed to God that I will never, if I'm on holiday, I'll find a church to attend. Even if I don't find, we'll go and find a Catholic church or any church. Even if it's a Mozambique or Christian church, you see me, I'll go and sit Over 28 years ago, I made that vow to today. There's never been a Sunday that I've not been in the house of God. Always. Because I read somewhere, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And as I read that scripture, it's like that scripture unveiled, and I saw something in there. The guy made a covenant with God. No wonder God made sure that that guy was prosperous today. You see, the death of David eh, is the most beautiful death. Bible says that he sat up and he gave instructions, final instructions, how much should be used to build a house of God, how much is for his family, who to kill, who not to kill, who to make sure they don't die in their natural death, make this death. They did, did all that. The Bible says that when he had done all that, he gathered his legs. He gathered, means that he, he held his legs into the bed and he lay down and he gave up the ghost. Death did not take him. He took, he gave his life to death. 
because that guy made a covenant. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than anywhere else. So I read that and I got that revelation. I said, me, from today. I was not a pastor. I was not a pastor. I was just an ordinary church member. I made that vow from that day to today. Even if I'm sick, God has to make sure that by Sunday I'm well to be in the house of God. And from that day to today, I've never missed it. Hallelujah. Let me give you one last one. I'm not going to preach. I'm just going to give it to you and then we'll go home. How many are learning some strongholds that we need to master? So what's the first one we, we've done today? Sorry? Stronghold of what? Inferiority complex. Next one. Oh, is that all? I thought I'd give you a lot of. Eh. Okay. The mindset of avoiding suffering in ministry. I think this one is a big one. I have to leave this one for next week. How many know that you don't want to suffer? It's a stronghold. Because as we are, our minds, our body, physical body is averse to suffering. And in ministry, if you are not prepared to suffer, you are not prepared to progress. Stand to your feet. Let's go.